Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Hi and welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson and I'm from the ITAM Review and this is episode 19. Sorry, I couldn't resist that. Um, So on this podcast today, I've got Peter Van Uden and Peter's leading a uh, very interesting group uh, for the licensing industry, very it has very similar motives to the campaign for clear licensing. It's a new licensing body which tackles issues directly with the software publishers. So it's made up of a group of worldwide licensing specialists uh, who have direct strategic relationships with the major software publishers at source. And they raise cases, specific industry cases, and to tackle them directly with the software publishers. So it's a really interesting model, really progressive way of uh, improving things. And I'm very keen to get to have Peter on the podcast. So welcome, Peter, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Could you tell us, first of all, why did you set this up and what is the group all about that you're, that you're uh, working with? What I found out over the many, many years is that uh, the end users of software and the companies and organizations who have the uh, software agreements with the big software vendors really don't have a a place to go when it comes to strategical issues. So this is not about, uh, hey, uh, I have a shortage of uh, 10 exchange clients or I need a license for this Oracle database. No, it's about strategical high-level IP or agreement uh, terms. For instance, you can go to your uh, licensing reseller, but they know how to license your products and when it comes on agreement terms it's mostly the case is hey well this is how it is and uh, deal with it and when as a customer you want to contact the big software vendors like IBM, Oracle, Microsoft, VMware uh, who are you going to call? Uh, Most of the time you end up at the switchboard uh, and not at the people who actually design the volume licensing programs so this is where the idea came from to start at what we call the Global Software Licensing Specialist Expert Circle, which is a bit of a long name, so let's just call it the GSLSDG. Uh, well, we have a, a, a couple of members, founders, uh, who uh, in their own time, so it's a not-for-profit organization, handle these strategical issues from customers and uh, work together with the software vendors to see if we can find solutions for these strategical issues or problems. So, so that's it. That's in short. So you've got. Uh, so just for clarity, it's Global Software Licensing Specialist Expert Circle. Yeah, and that's for, those, for those listening, it's GSLSEC.org. That's that's yeah, GSLSEC.org, and, and we can put the link to that in the show notes uh, with the blog post that accompanies this yeah. podcast. That's so, correct. That's that's the website address. So so it's it's uh, people are volunteering for this, and w- what is it exactly that you're going to do? What's the outcome? Okay, what the outcome is, is that what we want to uh, achieve for uh, customers, so the end users of software, that they get 
better licensing agreements and better solutions. Um, and again, uh, the members are putting their time and effort in and working closely together with the big software vendors to uh, solve these issues. Uh, in fact, um, software end users can submit a case on the website and we uh, started this initiative uh, last September and already uh, early in the stages we received a number of, of uh, cases which we combined in uh, a case we uh, are actually working on at the moment uh, and that is about uh, the differentiation uh, in Windows, Office and core client access lines or e-call for the Microsoft volume licensing agreements. Um, there is a problem in, in the modern office, people are having more and more devices. But you, when you want to enter into a company-wide volume licensing agreement with Microsoft, the numbers of office and your Windows call has to be the same, even if you are using user-based calls. So actually, the fact is, even if you are uh, would choose for the user-based client access license, you would still need to license all the qualified desktops, which is a device. This is, this is a strange thing. So we've put it up a, a case. Uh, last week, uh, a number of us were at uh, Microsoft headquarters in Redmond, and we've discussed the case with uh, people of the WWLP, so the Worldwide Licensing and Pricing Team. And now we are working with them to find a that, solution that, for this. Is that, is that a corporate group? Yeah, that's corporate. Yeah. That's Microsoft headquarters. Uh, uh, there's a corporate group. So that's that's the importance of having these strategical uh, contacts at this big software vendor uh, to actually achieve something. And and what how how were Microsoft's uh, um... Were they receptive to that? How how did you approach it, and were they and what did they yes. think? What did they think of the whole initiative? Yeah, well, uh, actually, uh, at one side they were a bit of afraid uh, because us being the voice of the customers worldwide, and they thought, okay, here's a new channel, and they are uh, they are certainly going to deliver us problems. But on the other hand, uh, they were very positive because it's also a possibility for Microsoft to improve agreements. Uh, and volume licensing problems uh, uh, programs in this particular case uh, for their end customers and, and in the end that's what they really want to have more happy customers so they uh, can sell more in the future. But I, I know I'm asking this uh, um, it's, a, it's a loaded question but um, why, why don't Microsoft um, listen to their customer feedback groups or their channel to get this sort of feedback? Why do they have to go to an external party like you? Well, they do. Actually, uh, Microsoft has uh, uh, feedback channels for their end customers, but mainly that's uh, enterprise customers. So uh, the big uh, EPGs of this world, like uh, Shell or BMW, or just name a big name, they will come to Redmond and uh, give feedback and discuss strategical issues and where they want to head in the future. But the main group just below that, so the SMB space and up to like say a thousand or two thousand uh, people don't really have a voice. This goes through their licensing solution providers and uh, again most of the time they know how to license an exchange server but when it comes to agreement terms and programs uh, they don't really have 
the context and the knowledge uh, to get things done. So you mentioned about this users versus devices case, and you've yes. taken that to Redmond. And uh, I mean, we've we've done we do obviously similar things with the campaign clear licensing, and uh, we had a conversation with Oracle, and we had a conversation with Microsoft, and uh, Microsoft were much more receptive, uh, and and I expect I, I hope for positive. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hope for positive things, uh, whereas, whereas Oracle uh, nodded politely and said, sorry, those recommendations are not going to make us more money, so we're, you know, we'll just uh, ignore those. Um, what, yeah. you, what, what are your expectations? What have, what have Redmond said that they'll do with this case? Uh, and, and presumably, you've got future cases that are lining up to take to them as well. We have. Uh, for starters, we are not only dealing with Microsoft. It's also the other software vendors we can handle, like VMware, Citrix, uh, Oracle, IBM. Uh, no problem at all. Uh, in that matter, we are doing a bit of the same thing with your clear, clear licensing circle, uh, which which is good, of course. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Regarding this uh, specific case, we had a very good conversation, and Microsoft uh, obviously has a solution, which is the public cloud, like with Office 365, Azure, Enterprise Mobility Suite, which are uh, subscription-based per user, and then you don't have these problems. But on the other end, there are tons of customers worldwide with legacy applications or using Citrix or remote desktop services who are not able to move to the cloud yet. So um, this is what I found out uh, and of course Microsoft is focused on their cloud solutions that sometimes they just forget that there are a lot of customers in the world who just can't move in that direction at this point in time. So now they realize uh, that some sort of solution for this issue would be very helpful. So we discussed this and uh, we agreed that we would uh, collect all the cases we encounter in the upcoming two months and give the feedback to, for Microsoft and together we will investigate if there really is a need, uh, a solution uh, for this issue. So they were very receptive and, and willing to work together on the case. Cool. So what, what are you hoping for as an outcome? Are they going to formally respond? Are you going to get some formal acknowledgement or... How does yes. that work? <laughs> what we would like to happen is that in the end uh, it would be possible within Microsoft volume licensing agreements that you uh, could be able to enter for, uh, uh, for instance, 150 users for the client access licenses uh, and people uh, having, uh, for instance, only 50 PCs, so 50 times Windows upgrades because the rest of them are uh, either think clients, iPads, or other things. So that would be very nice. But if we get to that point, uh, I don't know. We have to see for the future. So uh, cases within the circle, there's no guarantee of uh, success. But in the end, uh, we get uh, Microsoft and, and, and VMware and Oracle and all the others to uh, see what the real issues in the world are, and we tend to get them at this point that they will take uh, action. And what happens if they don't take action against your case? Well, we won't rest <laughs> until <laughs> we get some sort of solution. 
it, it could not be the desired solution, but if we can uh, uh, work to a point that there is a, a workaround, uh, that's also a possible outcome. So what, what sort of cases are you looking for? So if, if we um, spread the word with our ITAM review audience, what sort of licensing cases can they bring to you? Well, actually, it's it's about everything you can uh, imagine, but it must be some sort of a strategical level. Uh, we are not looking for people uh, not agreeing that you need a client access license to access a SharePoint server, for instance. Uh, but when it comes to uh, the volume licensing programs or uh, cloud programs, public clouds, uh, agreement terms, so I'll see it in, in, in that level. Those are, are good cases for us to take to our strategical uh, context and see if we can find and work to a solution. And um, do the do people need to be a member in order to submit cases? How does how does that work? No, no. Um, the end users of the software, so the companies and organisations worldwide who want to submit a case, can go to our website, and that's uh, the gslsec.org, uh, and they can hit submit question and enter a case there. Once a quarter. Uh, the members of the circle discuss the cases, we form an opinion, uh, most of the time if we got some similar cases uh, entered we will combine them to one big case and start working on that. Uh, we give the feedback uh, to the submitters through blog items on the website with uh, regular updates on the case. So how does your, I'm just looking at your website now, how does the membership program work? If I wanted yeah, to become a there member? Are licensing <laughs> yeah, becoming a member, we are looking for uh, members uh, extended reach in North and South America, uh, MIA, uh, so Middle Eastern Africa and uh, Asia Pacific. Uh, we have a member from India, but we need some more uh, members in the region because when you're looking at copyright law, uh, intellectual property protection and agreements, they, they different uh, are different in, in various geographical regions. So uh, that's why we uh, would like to have a footprint in, in every geof geographical region possible. So becoming a member... Um, people have to be uh, true licensing experts, which means they have at least 10 years of experience uh, with software licensing. They must have at least one uh, official certification from one of the software vendors, and they must have uh, at least one strategical context, with, which means at headquarter level uh, at the big software vendors. So if there are people listening and think, hey, this is an interesting thing, I've got some uh, spare time to use and I want to uh, enter the circle, they can uh, also uh, enter uh, at the website to become a member. And again, once a quarter we meet, uh, every member application we discuss, and if people meet the qualifications, we are more than happy to welcome them. So can I can I be um, blunt with you? Um, 
what's the actual mechanics of this? Um, if, if would members pay a fee or are they volunteering? Because flights to Redmond and this sort of thing all cost money. Where, where, how is it all of this? How, yeah. how is the whole organisation financed? How does that work? Well, it's all free time. The members will uh, enter uh, entering into this program. Uh, up to now, all the costs for a website and things like that I've covered by myself uh, from my company. Uh, the members in the program uh, get some uh, advertisement space on the website, so their companies can be promoted. That's what they a bit get out of it. Uh, on the other hand, uh, this is a platform where they can uh, uh, be visible as a true licensing expert. So that's a personal benefit. In the end, uh, when we meet, for instance, uh, in Redmond, we had the, the council meetings last week, so there's where we combine these things. I see, Again, yeah. Members within the circle do have strategical contacts at headquarters, so they have regular meetings and we combine things that we say, hey, the cases of the circle, we would like to have discussed with those software vendors in the times that we are there. Yeah, okay. That will save a bit of money. Cool. So, um, if somebody wants to get involved with the whole initiative and um, either as a member or just to listen to and review cases, what's the next step? How do they get involved? Well, for people wanting uh, or to become a member, I can go to the website on the member section and go to become a member. Uh, they can enter their. Uh, uh, credentials, uh, end users of software, organizations, company can go to the submit question uh, section and uh, submit their case. And for everybody who is just interested in licensing, how things evolve, how we get to solutions, just go to the website, go to the cases section. There are also a number of examples, things we have reached over time, just before the circle was live, but the members have reached over time for the end users are also in the cases section. So this is it, it's just an interesting thing to read and and uh, come back to if you are interested in software licensing. Very cool. Well, I, I love the idea and it's very um, positive and collaborative with the vendors. And uh, I, I wish you every success with the program. Yeah, thank you. And we, of course, we can team in the future and, and together we can achieve more for the customers. So I think overall that's a good thing. So um, as the iChamp review, we're going to keep an eye on your cases the best we can. So please keep us posted and we'll try to we notif notify our readers as, as often as we can about the wins and the progress that you're making. Excellent. And, and similarly, if anyone has any cases they want to put forward, then please uh, go to gslsec.org or drop us a line to the item review and we can forward them on. Excellent. So um, thank you very much, Peter. Um, it's great to hear from you and great to connect with you. And thank you for joining the podcast. And yeah, um, again, thanks for your time. We highly appreciate the item review. We're always close taking a look at what's happening. And again, teaming uh, uh, in the end for the end customer is, is, is uh, I think that's good for all. Perfect, thank you. Uh, so okay. until, in, until next time, thanks for listening. Okay.